Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 25, verses 11 through 20. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. His eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble, and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes, and with what violent hatred they hate me. O guard my soul, and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. Job chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Why are not times of judgment kept by the Almighty, and why do those who know him never see his days? Some move move landmarks, they seize flocks and pasture them, they drive away the donkey of the fatherless, they take the widow's ox for a pledge, they thrust the poor off the road, the poor of the earth all hide themselves. Behold, like wild donkeys in the desert, the poor go out to their toil, seeking game, the wasteland yields food for their children, they gather their fodder in the field and they glean the vineyard of the wicked man. They lie all night naked, without clothing, and have no covering in the cold. They are wet with the rain of the mountains, and cling to the rock for lack of shelter. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which is promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you, and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? Good morning, and welcome to the sixth Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 25, Job 24, and James 2. And I, I just really like James. Um, there's certain things that I think we all just kind of think, but we never verbalize. Um, and you know, if we did verbalize them, we'd you know we'd be kind of on the same page. But we never verbalize them because we're like, I don't know, embarrassed or I don't know, I don't know. And James just comes out and say says like, look. When the rich man comes in and you treat him well, 
And the poor man comes in, and you not only treat him poorly, but you also assume that you know more than him and you're better than him. Haven't you dishonored that person? Um, aren't the rich the ones that oppress you? Like, it's impossible for the poor to oppress you. Uh, if you're, you know, kind of middle class, um, shouldn't you be more upset at the people who have a hand at making your life more hard um, than you would be at the person, like... Um, and so it's refreshing to hear somebody say the obvious and to say it clearly. Um, and I should add without not, I, yeah, I don't think it's bias. I don't think he's saying it was bias. He doesn't say, you know, the rich don't get to enter or disrespect the rich, but he is saying don't disrespect the poor. And haven't you done that if you do these things? Um, and, you know, it's okay to have, you know, some some animus towards, you know, the rich or uh, those who oppress you, and, and that's fine. I mean, clearly he has no, he doesn't owe any favors to the rich, but he also doesn't let that animus, he doesn't direct it at them. He doesn't say, like, I, and, well, he comes close to it. He says, isn't it the rich that oppress you? He doesn't say all the rich are oppressors. Um but he, he turns it to the audience, like, who is it that's making your life more difficult? Like, even if you were motivated by your own bias, like, shouldn't it be against the rich and not the poor? Um, and the, the, the refreshing part is not merely that it's stated, but it's not stated in an animated way. Like, it's not, he doesn't tell us, you know, how horrible the, the rich are, how they deserve to be mistreated if, you know, if, if we treat others the way we want to be treated. Um, it's a pretty direct, but I, yeah, I think it's non-confrontational. Like if a rich person were standing there as the letter of James was read, um, I think that they might be uncomfortable, but I don't think they would be attacked. Um, and I think that's important because in many ways, as a, a soldier and a veteran, like, I experienced what I think was bias, um, and some of it was really well-intentioned, but still bias, and some of it was attacks. Um, you know, like the well-intentioned stuff is, you know, I, for example, I, I got an email from somebody, and they said, yo, you know, my brother uh, fought in two deployments, and, you know, he struggles silently with PTSD, and I had to wonder, like, well, is that an actual diagnosis, or are you, is that the name you give to your inability to connect with your brother. Um, and it, it was really well-intentioned, but it's like that, you know, when James says, well, here, sit down at my feet, what I read is like, oh, I have everything to offer you in terms of education and resources, and you have nothing to give, that you're, you're dependent, you're a taker rather than a giver. Um, and when we assume that about anybody... Um, I think that's that can contribute to the problem. We think yeah, you know, the rich need to be catered to and and glad handed and you know that maybe that's not maybe that's you know the inverse of what we do with the poor where we think here I have everything to give you and so you need to sit there and I can direct your life and I have everything to teach you, sit at my feet. Um that's another it's not it's not animus, but that is bias, right? 
And James is pointing that out, saying, look, you may not know you're doing this, but look, this is kind of messed up. Um, isn't it the rich that oppress, oppress you? You know, when you when you see a rich person in church, like, don't you give them the nicest chair and, you know, butter them up, maybe thinking they'll give you some money? Because Paul makes it clear, like, the churches need money. Um, and um, it's not that money is the problem. It's what we think we need and what we think we can solve with money and how we go about securing that by letting our bias, um, you know, direct our actions. So we think, well, the poor have nothing to offer and the rich have everything to offer. Um, and very often it, the opposite is true. And James doesn't say that, but I think it's implied, like not only do the rich only have money to offer, they actually are probably much more likely to be the ones oppressing us than the poor are. Um, and so it's, it's the way James states it clearly, directly, but without animus. Like when I say animus, I say like he clearly doesn't have, you know, a very high view of, of rich people. But he doesn't come out and say rich people are bad. And I think Jesus does the same thing. He says it's harder for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. But it's not impossible not impossible. It's just super difficult, almost impossible. Um, and so it's this fine line uh, between truth-telling and human dignity. Um, you know, he doesn't attack them, and, and we should not attack people for what we believe they're responsible for. And I say this as someone who has been uh, the, you know, the recipient of bias of, like, Assuming that I've done things that I haven't done, like kill people. Well, I mean, I, I think I, I don't know if I have. I think I have. But other people who aren't me seem all the more certain that I am. Um, and they're not me. Like, they don't have my experiences. They they don't know. And I think the the civilian imagination also assumes that soldiers have done much more than most of us ever have. Um, and if they've done these things that we have in our head, which are usually bad, like killing, oh, then they must, they must either be bad, or if they don't display enough penance, then they must be, you know, corrupt. Um, and so it's, it's like the poor man where, you know, the world thinks they know all this stuff about things they actually don't really know about. And they act on those things, sometimes with the best of intentions and some with not-so-great intentions. Um, and the, the lesson that James, I think, is giving us is to be direct, but to be aware of how our own biases are shaping us um, and to be more thoughtful about engaging with our bias um, and correcting for it, um, to think about how maybe the person that... W that we don't see as having anything to offer actually has plenty to offer. And the people that we suck up to, maybe actually they're the problem. You know, maybe um, this is just repeating a cycle that will continue to keep us um, under someone's thumb. Um, and it's okay to call that out. Um, but it's a fine line between calling it out and just um, repeating the cycle.
A prayer for all sorts and conditions of people from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all humanity, we humbly beseech you for all sorts and conditions of people, that you would be pleased to make your ways known to them, your saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for the Holy Church Universal, that it may be so guided and governed by your good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to your fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a, a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.